Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning. My name's Tim. I'm the senior pastor here at Yorkie. And today we continue our series on discipleship, on being a disciple, the idea of what is it to be a follower of Jesus. And last week we kicked off the series with something we don't say in church very often, which is lower the bar of what we think hearing from God is. God doesn't always talk through a giant burning bush or a miraculous sign. Sometimes God just talks through that voice that tells you to do what's right. How did you go with that this week? Okay? Making the right choices, putting your shopping trolley away. I um, was, was driving home yesterday um, from, uh, I think it was dropping Ryland off at work or something, and there's only one traffic light on Main Road, and it turned orange. And I know the pedal I should have reached for, and my foot hit the other pedal, and it's like, vroom, as soon as I went through, I was like, oh, that's right, got to do the right thing. It's hard, isn't it? To do the right thing all the time is hard, but if, if we're not faithful with the small things, how can God give us and trust us with the big things? So being a disciple, man, it's, it's tricky. Today, we're, talk, we're continuing the series about, well, to be a disciple, yes, We've got to be faithful in the small things. We've got to listen to that voice that tells us to do what's right. But also, we are designed to do life together. We're designed to be in community with one another. Have you ever tried to tie your shoelace with just one hand? You know, when you, you need the finger to hold it, and you don't have it, and you try and use your nose or something? Like Anyone ever had that? Your hand's been, yeah, and you try it, it's super hard. Uh, or doing up your belt, sort of the same. You're trying to, you know, it's all crazy. Um, anybody try to tie down a, a giant tarp on a trailer by yourself in the wind? Yeah, I, I remember as a, um, a teenager, uh, I was with my dad, and dad was, was loading a, a load of wool, and it was four high, which is sort of, we're talking sort of the roof line. Like, it's, it's a long way out when you've four bales of wool on top of the trailer. And so they, they undo the tarp on top, and you drape the tarp over both sides. And Dad's showing me how to do the knot. And he says, now, you, watch me, you know how to do the knot. And it's like, I'm a teenager. Like, God has endowed me with the knowledge of everything in the universe. I don't need to watch this because I know everything. I'm a teenager, right? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, Dad, I got this. He goes, okay, well, can you tie down all the other ropes, and then we'll, we'll make sure it's even, then we'll... Tie down properly. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. And I still remember this moment where the, the farmers that were there and my dad and myself watched in horror as this gust of wind just came and lifted like every rope did undid and the whole tart went up and over and on the ground. Dust went everywhere. And the only rope that was holding on was the one rope that my dad did up to show me. Yeah, like... It doesn't take long to realize that we are designed to work together. You know, sometimes even when you've got a problem, you try and sort it out yourself. I just need some time to get my thoughts together. The problem with that is sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And you can't give a different perspective on it because you've only got your perspective. And you may not be able to work out the solution. 
There are times in life where we realize that we just need to work together. Since the, the beginning of the Bible, when God created Adam in the Garden of Eden, he said that it's not good for man to be alone. We are created for community, and in fact, we are better together. Today, we see as disciples of Jesus Christ, how Jesus shows us how to live in a way, his example of how to live in community and with one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we open up Scripture today, help us to see how we are designed to work together. That in fact, when we work in community, when we help one another, we are better together. Lord, reveal to us where we need to hear this as individuals and as your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of you who have kids, or maybe you can remember reading this, maybe yourself, this is a book from a long time ago. Um, up on the screen, The Little Red Hen. Anybody remember this book? A few, yeah. It's like one of those sort of traditional sort of, it's the book, right? It's one of those ones you read to your kids. And, and the ending's a little bit controversial, but the, the general gist of the book is this. The Little Red Hen wants to make some bread, and so they've got to plant some seed to grow the crop. And, and she goes, anybody want to help me? And everyone's like, no, nah, I don't want to help. And so she grows the, grows the crop, and then she's got time for harvest. Anyone going to help me? And everyone's like, no. Nah. Oh, so she harvests the wheat, and then she, she turns the wheat into to flour, and then says, anybody can help me, you know, make the, make the flour? And it's like, nah, anyone can help me make the bread? Nah. Guess at the very end of the book, guess to this point where it says, you know, who will help me eat the, the bread, said the little red hen. And said, I will, said the pig, and I will, will the cat, and I will, um, said the rat. And this is where it gets controversial. <laughs> oh, no, you won't, <laughs> said the little red hen. I'm going to eat it all myself. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> so share kids share <laughs> um, but it, it's one of those the, the idea is that you know, she, she did all the work and so she got the reward yeah, and while that's probably not the greatest ending of generosity and kindness you know, the moral of the story is to do your part you don't always get the work the reward if you don't do your bit when it actually comes to church sometimes we can fall into that trap can't we we can, we, we can be like the, the pig the rat and the the cat going, well, well who's going to help serve in the church? It's like, oh, no, I'm too busy. You want the church, you want the community, you want the service, you want the teaching, you want the small group, but you're not willing to put your hand up and lead and serve and help out. You're not willing to be a part of the process. And what's left is this faithful few that do heaps and heaps of heavy lifting when it comes to the body of Christ. Ecclesiastes 9, uh, 4, verse 9 and 10 says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity if anyone who falls and no one's there to help them up. So we're meant to work together. When we work together, it's better than when we're alone. Exodus chapter 6, verse 7 is sort of the, this echo through Scripture that God calls us. Sometimes he calls the individual, but the individual is always connected to a group, always the representative. It's for, for the us. It says in Exodus chapter 6, I will take you to be my people. It's a group. I will be your God and I will show you. Uh, and, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of under the burdens of Egypt. You see, God doesn't um, call the person, he calls the people. God doesn't call you, he calls yous. It, it's in the dictionary. 
I had to look at a few different dictionaries to find it, but I found it in one. <laughs> use. Use other people of God. Okay? Like, it, it's this, this term about the, the body, the group. God calls us to be his people because it's his model from the very beginning to be, to be a people that follow him together because we can work in unity. You see, when we start to focus on ourselves, and this is, this is the what we see happening in the culture all the time, when you start thinking that it's all about you, it actually leads down a really destructive path. When you think everybody's thinking about you the way that you think about you, all of a sudden everybody's talking about you, right? Oh, they, oh there's people over there. They must be talking about me because it's all about me. And you start getting paranoid. Oh, they're looking at me. Oh, is, there, is everything... Ah! And your anxiety flares. I mean, you think it's all about you. Selfish people generally get just that themselves. When you focus on yourself, that's what you get. But see, when you focus on others, you get others. When you invest in somebody else, you build a relationship and you end up stronger and better together. Now, not to say that there's not some you know, disclaimers with that. You can invest into the wrong person and have a toxic person trying to invest back in you. You've got to be wise with it. That's why it's so important that we do this together is the body of Christ. So there's multiple ver- um, people speaking into you. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 3, says this. For by the grace given me, I say to everyone around you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't think of yourself as up here. Don't think that it's all about you. Don't think that this world was created as as just your playground. There is more to it than this. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with that of the Father God is distributed to each of you. For just as each of you has one body and many members... And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. And if it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. For if it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do so cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. And this idea of honor one another above yourself is where this idea of the body of Christ comes in. We are stronger and better together. But we've got to love one another and honour each other. This this analogy that I heard a a while ago that I think fits this really well, and it's the the idea of a brick wall. And so we've got this, this brick wall here, and if we were to pick that central brick right in the middle of it. How many bricks are touching that central brick? You can yell it out. 
Six, yeah. Two underneath, two to one each side, and then two on top. Now, what I love about this analogy is that to form a wall, and we're going to say that the body of Christ is the wall. Now, the wall has a function. It's to withstand the, the storms of life, stand in firm. And it's also holding pressure. The, the, the pressure of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to share that. So there's, there's pressure and there's things coming against it and the wall stands firm. But for the wall to stand firm, each brick has six other bricks that, that are connected to it. Now two bricks are underneath it and the two bricks that are underneath it are holding that brick up. Now sometimes you can remove a brick and it'll still stand but it, it starts to put some pressure on the sides and it you know, and, and it's not as stable. But with two bricks underneath it, that brick has a foundation. The brick also has a brick either side, and that's sort of sharing the, the load that's above. And sort of like it's piers. It's pier bricks. <laughs> no, no. And then there's two bricks on top, two bricks that it's supporting and it's holding up. Now, usually when we think of this analogy, naturally... We think we're that central brick, aren't we? We think self. We think that's us in the middle. And so that's part of the problem. You see, we've got to realise that we, we play all those roles. There's times when, when you might be the middle brick, but you know what? People are holding you up. There's times when you can't stand up by yourself, so you need some people underneath you. You need some relationships with people that, that can prop you up in the storms of life, that, that can hold you when you can't stand yourself, in, in whatever, when you can't stand yourself, <laughs> um, when you cannot stand by yourself. <laughs> I mean, when there's, there's things that are, that, are, that are knocking you around, it could be physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, people that, you, that, that can support you. But likewise, you need some peers that, that, aren't, that aren't holding you up, that, that aren't putting weight on you, but that you can relate to. Some people that are on the same level as you. I shared with um, the 6pm congregation a few weeks ago about how relationships work. And, and you've you got your peers, which are people that, that when you have a relationship like this, they just sort of work on an even keel. You've got people that feed into you. So this is you, and all of a sudden you spend some time with you, with them, and they just build you up. They are the encouragers. They are the ones that just bring wisdom, bring hope, that, just, that are fun to be around. And you, every time you spend time with them, you just feel like, ah. And then there's the others. The ones that you, when you spend time with, you just feel like they just suck the life out of you. They suck the emotion out of you. They, they, they suck your energy. Sometimes these are the people that, that, that are really caught in a negative space. Sometimes these are the people that are going through deep stuff. Hey, and we all go through deep stuff. You've got to remember that sometimes those people that you find draining, that's you to somebody else. That's built into you. The idea is to make sure that you balance these relationships really well, knowing that God's over it all. Sometimes we treat God, oh yeah, God will feed me, God will fill me up. Or maybe, maybe going to church is a drain, you know, God's above all this. <laughs> but when it comes to this brick analogy, the idea is that, that yeah, there's going to be people that feed you, people that you can stand on, people that appears and people that, that you need to prop up at time. This is, this is what it is to have a relationship with others. 
We all need some people in our life. And maybe you find yourself in this spot today going, yep, you know what, I've been standing on some people's shoulders for a long time. It's time for me to help somebody else. Or maybe, maybe it's the other. It's, yeah, you know what, maybe I've been helping people so much that I realise there's not much that I'm standing on. It's a bit shaky. One of those bricks is missing, and that's why I'm not doing so well. You know, you can take a brick out of the wall and it'll still be okay. It'll still be okay. It'll still hold. But you start taking out two or three bricks, and the structural integrity starts to fall to pieces. And that the body of Christ, the church, starts to, the pressure starts to show some cracks, and the storms start to get through. It's so important that we all do our part. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 to 17, we see Jesus live out his model for life and model for community. Jesus, when he was um, growing up, he, he learned about God, he learned about his call, he learned about what God wanted for his life. And then, then he rightly was, was 30 years old in, in the custom, in the tradition of becoming a rabbi. And, and at 30 years old, he was baptized. And when he was baptized, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately went out and was tempted by Satan. He, he's tempted in the wilderness by Satan for, for this long period of time. And then when he came back, he started his ministry. So he, he did the training. He, he received the call on his life and lived that out. He was tempted and he stood on his conviction. Then he, he put his personal part into play. His call was to spread the gospel. He did it. But the next thing he did was he called his team. Jesus himself wasn't going to be here to, to, to spread the message in physical form for more than three years. And so what he did is he called his team. He called his, his peers, and sometimes he had to train them, and they were a drain, and sometimes he could see them winning, and that was a blessing. But, but he, he called his team. He called his 12 disciples. And when he, when he did that, there was times that they were draining to him. He said, oh, you have little faith. How many times do I have to tell you, if you want to do this, you've got to do this? Why are you waking me up in the boat? I'm really tired. <laughs> Come on. You know, there's times when he's frustrated with the disciples. Other times when he's sending them out. He says, you're doing a great job. You're doing well. Jesus had this, this model of three disciples that he were, were really close to him. He had friends as well. He had Mary, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and they were friends but, but the ones that he was investing in, he had his three that were really close to him. And, and he shared things with them, and he went up the mountain with them. Like he had these ex incredible experiences with these guys. But then he had the 12. And then he had the, the 72, and he knew it grew and grew and grew from there. But the thing with, with Jesus in this model of he's got his friends, he's got his ones that he's investing into, that wasn't the end of his circle of influence or his circle of friendship he always had space for the plus one he'd be walking and there'd be a woman by the well and he'd bring up a conversation and he'd love her and care for her and in that space he would actually he spent days in that town now he didn't take her faith journey on and say i'm going to be responsible for you for the rest of your life and i'm going to be with you it's like in this moment i'm going to invest in you right now when there was a, a, a cripple at the temple, when the guy came through the roof, there, there's so many examples. When the guy couldn't see, when he, when he saw the lepers, Jesus always made space for the plus one. 
He always made space for those that, that he encountered along the way. He had the bricks supporting him. He had the, the people around him, the, the disciples say, hey guys, I need you to support me when I'm in the garden of Gethsemane. Don't be with me. I need you to pray. They kept falling asleep. But I need you. He had his supports around him. But he also invested in others. But he always made sure he had space for the blessed one. Excuse me. <coughs> I wonder if we have space for the plus one in our lives. When we think of those that are supporting us, those that are our peers, those that we're investing into, are our lives so full that we can't make space for anybody else? I want you to know that, that within our church, we have a huge number of people that just long to have a relationship with someone that can invest into them that need help, that need support. We've got a, a huge group of blokes in our church that just are crying out for mentors. What does mentor look like? Mentor means you go for a burger once a week. <laughs> it's really tough. I remember a number of years ago, I was mentoring three guys at once, and I put on about five kilos. <laughs> like, it was tough. That's what we did. We just went out for burgers. It was great. <laughs> Bring on mentoring. You know? And we just talk through life. Just someone to talk through, talk to, through stuff with. Doesn't mean you need a, to know everything about mentoring. It's just like, what area do you want some help in? We've got guys that are crying out to be mentored in so many different areas of life. We've got families that need guidance. You know, we all go into parenting thinking, oh, I got this. Yeah, I'll be right. No, I know you said it was going to be like that, but I'll be different. We're not different. We're all the same. You know? Kids are screaming. It's like, ah, yeah, it's not working. You know? Kids won't change my lifestyle. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, we need kids that need care. You know, there's so many messages and stuff bombarding our kids. They, they need some care. They need some love. They need some fun in life. We've got teenagers that need someone to talk through the, the, the wrestles that they're going through. And not just their peers. Because like the brick wall, the peers have got no idea. They need someone wiser. So, someone that can maybe sit underneath them and prop them up saying, yeah, yeah, that does sound bad. Yeah, your phone ran out of battery. That's terrible. But bring some perspective into life and help them to, to not just charge their phone, but help them to understand what responsibility looks like, to prioritize things in life, to, to see the bigger picture that they are designing God's image. We've got older people in our church that actually feel like they don't even have a place anymore. And God is calling them to, to be able to invest into others. We need the older members of this church their wisdom, their, their, their legacy, their dedication, but also their stories, their rich stories of struggles and joys, their, their faithfulness to God's word and the way that it's been lived out that, that can inspire us and help us. Next week, we're going to hear a bit more about that. There's people that need to be visited, new people within our church that need to be plugged into small groups and in a community. The list goes on and on and on. The reason I say this is you have a part to play. You have a part to play. We are better together when it comes to God's church. I want to challenge you 
this week to, to, to expand your circle a little bit because sometimes I think when we expand our circle, some of our inner three, like Jesus' inner three, may be one of the plus ones that you haven't even built a relationship with yet. Yeah. There's a sentence in there somewhere in those words that was really good. <laughs> sometimes... One of your closest friends may be somebody you haven't even said g'day to yet. Somebody that just resonates. Somebody that you start a conversation, all of a sudden you just feel like the floodgates of relationship, of interest, of passion. You just go, man, I just want to spend more time with you because I feel like you're going to feed into me. I feel like we're peers. I feel like you might be able to actually, I might be able to help you. This is great. But if you don't have space for a plus one, you may miss out on that. This week, we have space to have maybe a meal with a, or a coffee or just a conversation after the service. Jesus always had space for the plus one, do we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that we were created to live in community. God, I pray that as we think about that this week as we look at our busy schedules that we would follow your example and always have space for those that you bring into our lives lord i pray as the body of christ that we would form this wall of relationship lord that we would stand on the foundation of those that have gone before we'd stand on that 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 help carry us through those tough times we would also stand shoulder to shoulder with our peers knowing that we have another generation that is above us, that are depending on us, that we, that we have others that we can invest into, that we have new people into faith that need to hear the stories of triumph and joy that, that come from a relationship with you. Lord, help us to, to be surrounded with the body of Christ in a way that we can withstand the storms of life, but also hold up the gospel of Jesus Christ for the next generation. God, I pray that in the midst of this, we would always have eyes to see those that you bring into our life, the plus ones. And Lord, I pray that we would have that understanding that we are better together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website, or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.